Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, the most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John o. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Dave Clare. Dave is the CEO and founder of Circle Leadership, and he's based in Perth, Australia. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic to uh, to have you on. Uh, first, can you give our listeners a bit of a window into your world? What is what is uh, uh, what do you do? Um, anything you want to share around your uh, personal life, anything like that, and also what does a day in the life sure. of Dave look like right now? <laughs> a day in the life of Dave, yeah, <laughs> that'll be an interesting one. Okay, well, that could be a book, yeah. I reckon. The day, yeah. in the, a day in the life of yeah, Dave, <laughs> Amazon bestseller, I think, Dave. Uh, I think, mate, I think we're onto something here. We'll talk about that after the podcast and we'll uh, <laughs> make sure you get your share of royalties for the idea. Um, yeah, so firstly, obviously, as you've already uh, mentioned, I'm the CEO and founder of Circle Leadership. Uh, so Circle Leadership is an organization I started about four years ago. Now I've been in the personal organizational development industry field, whatever you'd like to call it, for oh, probably 25 years or so now, or at least 22, if not more. Um, to 25 years uh, in various forms, running my own businesses in Canada, um, did leadership development in Papua New Guinea, had many leadership roles in Australia, and now in the last four or five years under the, the title of Circle Leadership. And I started that organization because I wanted to um, create something, uh, an organization that would transcend my time on earth here, and um, that would be kind of my legacy. So this is my life's work. And uh, and that's why I called it Circle Leadership, because people said, why don't you just call it Dave Clare or whatever? And I said, well, no, I wanted something that transcended my time on this earth that didn't need to be named after me because I wanted it to be bigger than just my name. Um, and it's based on the uh, philosophy or principles that we have at the organization, which is um, top-down leadership is a thing of the past and all-around leadership is the way forward. Um, and so how do we create leadership depth and strength in organizations? So that's why it was yeah. called Circle Leadership, and it's built on our model of the circle of organizational leadership. Ooh, um, I like that. But from, from, a, from my point of view, one of the things, um, when I talk to people about you know successful people, one of the first things they always talk about is their family. Um, and for me, like that's, there's nothing I could be even, you know, my true legacy is the, is the children that we have in our world and, and the work that they'll do. Um, in terms of who they become and how they integrate into society in meaningful ways, whatever that is for them. So I'm certainly a proud father of three. I have two biological children and one non-biological son. He was 14 when he was born into my life. Um, and they're all amazing human beings. And uh, I'd like to consider myself father of the year for at least 13 or 14 years in a row. Um, I haven't had that backed <laughs> up. And uh, the same thing as I speak about my wife, I'm husband of the year for at least 13 or 14 years in a row. And uh, that's not been backed up either. But uh, I'm blessed to be uh, married to an amazing uh, Canadian girl, uh, my wife Tova. And uh, she has her one son and I have the two from my previous relationship. So we're kind of half the Brady Bunch. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an amazing family unit that we have. So that's certainly one of the things I'm most proud of. Uh, I'm also the ambassador for the uh, Asia Pacific region for the Global Company Culture Association. 
So I was the very first ambassador appointed by Dr. Darren Martin from the United States out of Dallas there. And um, so I'm working with him to help expand the Global Company Culture Association around the world and uh, drive an evolution at work through that organization. <clears throat> and I'm also the ambassador for an organization here in Australia called Smile Kumba, which is actually um, giving people the confidence to smile big. So they are um, found a way to um, do dentures for people who have uh, teeth, teeth problems, who are also um, economically or socially challenged um, yeah. in their current situation. So it's about getting uh, them to be able to smile big and uh, give them the confidence and be able to secure work and various other things. So it's another organization I'm really proud to be an ambassador of. Um, but as far as I go from my own stuff, um, one of the things I do quite often is I'm, uh, um, I guess I do some pro bono work in terms of mentoring. So I'm a mentor with the West Australian Police Force. Um, and no, it does not get me out of any speeding tickets, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I'm a master mentor with the Next Level Mentoring as an organization. I actually mentor the um, CEO, founder of Next Level Mentoring, actually. And I'm also a mentor <laughs> with Inspiring Rare Birds which is a program that was started for female leaders and entrepreneurs in Australia by Joe Burston in, um, over in Sydney. And I was the actual, I'm, they call me the OG. I was the uh, very first male mentor. Mm. Um, and now uh, I think over 40% of the mentors in the Inspiring Rare Birds are men. So it, uh, it's awesome organizations that I, I get to be a part of. Um, I've uh, written a book called Simplified. My, um, I've co-authored a couple of books, one called The Pandemic Playbook, uh, Pivot and Grow, and Women Leading More Now, which has gone on to be an Amazon bestseller. And I'm currently in the throes of writing my own second solo book, which is uh, You Can't Boss Someone Into Greatness, How to Become a Coach, Not a Boss. Ooh, um, I've great created, time. obviously, the Circle of Organizational Leadership, the Business Evolution Roadmap, the Next 90 Business Evolution System, and I'm the host of my own podcast, which is the Evolution of Business Show. Uh, and as I like to tell people, I'm a mad golfer that's not very good at it. I uh, love to dance and <laughs> sing Elvis at karaoke. So... <laughs> If we're ever out uh, and there's a microphone and karaoke, be prepared for some really bad Elvis. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's I... uh, pretty much me. So, <laughs> well, many people won't know this, but I do. I don't mind doing a bad Elvis impersonation myself. So, I think uh, next time well, you're in we Brisbane, do duet, or I'm in Perth, <laughs> I think what the world needs is for us to do a a really bad Elvis duet impersonation. I think that's um. I think, oh, that man, would be, I think that would be uh, that would go viral. I think that's going to be great for our businesses and our and our lead. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people buying yeah. our books after that. Um, well, thank you for sharing yeah, so, that. And and no, there is a lot you've done a lot, and uh, there's there's so much content. I can't wait to to unpack. Um, well, really, to talk a little bit about you and and your story of how because so much of what you're unpacking now, I know, would have been formed a lot through your own experiences. Uh, leading and working with leaders. So tell us about your story. You know, feel free to go back as far as you want, even to childhood. What are some of those moments that really shaped you becoming the leader you are today, Dave? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's always a, it's a great question, John, like, um, because this isn't something like, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a leadership development guy or a culture and strategy guy or whatever <clears throat> that was not on my radar at that time. Uh, and it, it, it's an interesting thing. Um, I was blessed with great parenting to start with. Um, so mom and dad were, you know, wonderful parents in terms of from a leadership point of view. Uh, dad was heavily involved in oh, JCs, which is Junior Chamber of Commerce, Rotary, you name it, a whole bunch of things. And, you know, he learned a lot about leadership through community work. And um, so volunteering and stuff like that. And mom was much the same and as a great leader of the household, actually. 
and so I was blessed with great parenting in that sense. So I had this natural um, ability to work with other people and help people to achieve things and bring out the best in them. Uh, and and so I, a lot of the stuff that I do today was because of that. That was the solid, solid foundation. But I, my career here in Australia, when I actually moved to Australia when I was about 15 from Canada, um, I started working at a bank. So please don't hold that against me, but I was in banking and finance. Uh, and um, the uh, I was fortunate enough to actually, actually unfortunate at one stage where I, I was about to be fired because I spent too much time with our customers. Um, I spent too much time talking to our customers, trying to understand them, learn about them, and I almost got fired. And then the bank actually changed its branding and its image and its way forward to becoming more customer-centric, go figure. And I was then one of the first few um, managers appointed to the new customer service centers that they were creating um, when it, the bank over here rebranded. Um, and uh, I was one of 14 new customer service managers that was selected. And the, my regional manager at the time was John McGuinness, who's still today as a mentor uh, to me, him and I probably catch up every three to six months. Um, but John, he was the first mentor outside my 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 parents or my dad, in, in specifically from a business or leadership point of view. And John saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I think, firstly, that's a great sign of a great mentor. And so with all the mentoring work that I, I do today is, is to honor the mentoring that I receive from people like John in my life, um, which is why I don't charge for the mentoring I do. To me, it's it's my um, the best way I can reward people like John for the work that they did and how they've helped me is to go and help others. So it's kind of like, I guess, a pay it forward kind of a concept for mentoring. Um, but yeah, so so John was a great mentor and he saw something. And then he invested in me in programs that were outside of traditional banking and finance. So I went uh, and did Lou Tice's Pacific Institute Investment in Excellence, which was, you know, about goal setting, how your mind works and all that sort of stuff. And um I really excelled at the learning of that. And then they asked me then to be a train the trainer. Um, so to go and learn to do the facilitation program they had so that I could go and facilitate the Pacific Institute programs in the bank and train other people and accelerated that. So I got my first accreditation or international accreditation as a facilitator uh, to do that and kind of got a taste for this whole personal development. And at that stage, I was probably about 25 years old at that stage. And here I'm 25 and just learning how my brain works and and all this cool stuff, um, and really utilizing it in my life, which was really powerful for me. And that was thanks to people like John, who invested me in that. And so then I just sought after um, the opportunity to lead bigger teams, bigger teams, bigger teams as often as I could. So any, any chance there was a new role opening up where it was a bigger team or a new opportunity in that sense, I leapt at it. Because um, I kind of got this bug for work with people. And now I had the tools to know how to help them even, even more. And uh, got to stage where in the bank in, in, in here in Australia that I couldn't go any further without a piece of paper because I didn't have my degree or my master's or anything like that. Uh, and then I saw an ad in the newspaper for, uh, they were looking for leadership development consultants in Papua New Guinea uh, for the PNGBC, so the Papua New Guinea Banking Corporation. John Owen, uh, uh, it just happened to be the same industry, which was cool, but they were looking for people to um, work with the national and expatriate managers to move them out of the 70s into the more modern 90s styles of leadership and management, which to me was mm. just more modern management is, you know, it's not, wasn't really leadership, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so I took a leap of faith and, and uh, moved to New Guinea for a period of time and did some amazing work in, in 12 months. And one of the biggest lessons I learned is that virtually the second day I was there, I met with the senior vice president 
of the bank at the time. And he said, Dave, you can't teach these people anything. So I know what they've got you here to do, but you'll show them something two weeks later, they'll be back doing what they always did. So just bide your time, stay safe and make it look like you're doing what you need to do. That was my introduction to that. And I'm like, well, that's not what I wow. Doing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I said, you know, the, 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 and I wrote this about uh, in my book, and I was saying, like, the, the same condition belief about those people is the same limiting condition belief that's holding people back. Is because if I showed you anything once and two weeks later, you'd probably forgotten how to do it too, because space repetition is the mother of all skill. And, and so I just took what I knew with the investment and excellence learnings that I'd done about how your mind works. And in 12 months, we created some phenomenal change. But my then wife was pregnant with our second child, and we just didn't want to raise another child in New Guinea because it was a little bit crazy. I could do a whole podcast on my adventures <laughs> in New Guinea. Mm. Um, but then we left and then went back to Canada. Um, and once my daughter was born, we moved back to Canada. And uh, I then, instead of getting a, a job or anything like that, I decided here's a chance for me to take this leadership stuff and go into business for myself. And I bought myself a license with the then um, world's largest personal and organizational development company, Leadership Management International, and um, went on to have a very successful uh, time as a licensee of that organization. And that's when I learned one of my biggest lessons, actually, because I was, um, I think I'd signed up in August uh, of 1999, and then by October, I'd uh, three months, I hadn't even closed a single deal, hadn't signed up a single client. Yeah. And uh, I was sort of resting on my laurels of my abilities to do anything anywhere before that. And I didn't realize that I actually had to become more to be able to do what I wanted to do uh, in terms of this, because I didn't have the backing of the bank and the resources and all those things I used to have. I had to do it all myself now, although I had the content and, and the programs from the organization. But I had to do the sales and marketing and do everything and with the clients. Yeah. And, and it was really interesting for me, Jonah, because I learned at that stage I was I'd sold my house, bought my license, rented an apartment, a basement apartment, uh, 157 Bayfield Street in Barrie, Ontario, and uh, a basement apartment underneath a tanning salon. And uh, I'd uh, bought a car, a little Ford Laser, um, take all the, the equity I had left, bought all the things, paid for my rent, did everything. And then by October, I had enough money left in my bank account to last me one more month. And uh, wow. And I hadn't closed a deal. And I was sitting there looking, and I, I've shared the story before. It still still upsets me every time I, I speak about it. But sitting on the floor, and the in the kids, the kids were like Mitchell was three years old, and Jordan, my daughter at the time, she was probably six months old. And sitting there on the floor, in tears at midnight, looking at my kids, going, "What have I done? I've taken all the stuff we've worked for, all the trappings of success that I believed that I had, mm. and flitted it all away. And I'm going to have to go get a job. Yeah, like this is it. I can't." I can't, can't do this to my family anymore. And I realized at that moment, you know, one of those little voices that comes up in the back of your head that, you know, Oprah talks about and all that. I had what I call my Oprah whisper at the time. <laughs> um, and uh, this voice said to me, said, Dave, what are you teaching the kids if you quit? And for me, that was a, one of the biggest things. And mm. it's my, what I call my starving to serving moment. Um, because I was starving, right? So I was trying to get people to buy because I needed them to buy for me because I needed to pay my rent. I needed to put fuel in my car. I needed to you know, yeah. put food on the table. I needed to do all these things instead of saying, well, no, I need to go be of service to others. And the more I am able to serve them at the highest level, I'll be, I'll be fine. And so I said, okay, I need to become more. I needed to, and this is where I first started thinking about evolution in terms of instead of growth, 
I was trying to be more for more. I was already taking who I was and see if I could be that for more people. Uh, but that wasn't working. What I needed was to become more. So I needed mm. to increase my capabilities and capacity for greatness. And so I went out and started to just ask harder questions of people and and care more deeply of them. Because I was always a caring person. And you wouldn't be, believe it. Within 12 months, I was sales leader of the year for Canada. <laughs> and our clients went on to wow. win client of the year, three years in a row for Canada. Two of them went on to be world clients of the year. Um, and so that's where I, I learned all that. But then I also learned at that stage, Jono, that the personal and organizational development industry was um, all about selling boxes back then. And it was programs. And it was quite funny that here we are trying to help other people become successful. And all I was being measured on was how many boxes I was being sold or how many boxes I was selling. <laughs> yeah. um, and then so I decided to leave that industry and then went out on my own and developed my own client base, my own tools, my own processes. Uh, and then uh, built a very successful uh, practice in Canada. And then my then wife chose to leave me and the kids. And it was just before the global financial crisis hit North America. Wow. And so I was upside down on my office building, my house, um, everything that I'd reestablished. I lost it all. Um, and I got the children, so I won it out of the whole thing. But um, yeah, so I was sort of at the stage where I called my dad and he said uh, he was still here in Australia. And he said, mm. what crisis? So we packed up and moved over to Australia. And <laughs> Uh, it was a chance for me to come back here, and and I decided I wanted to get back in the trenches, and I wanted to get back in touch with what it's like to lead a business again. And so I yeah. took an opportunity to lead a not-for-profit organization here and help them redefine their culture, their strategy, um, turn the organization around from losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in the middle of the boom here in, in Australia to getting it back, turning around within 12 months. Um yeah, and then after that, then I wrote my book because um, I finally found my voice, my message, um, and what I wanted to do in the world. And then, uh, then I left that and started this organization, and that's how I ended up where I am today. Yeah, simple. <laughs> no, it's which is good. That's the title of my book, Simplified. So that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, well, thank you for sharing, uh, so vulnerably and, and, uh, and sharing your story. And, um, I, I've had a few people mention on the podcast, how much, how often when, particularly when we're younger or for younger listeners, you, for some reason we assume leadership and, and really life is very linear. Like, okay, I've just got to put the next brick, the next brick on, which is the promotion, which is the um, <clears throat> having kids or which is the relationship, which is the house, which is the, um, you know, expanding. To, and, and then you meet people like you doing amazing things and you hear their stories. And, and it's, it's always, I always want to encourage particularly young listeners that you just got to forget linear, like just see what's in front of you yes. and take that next step. And I love what you said about not just growing, but evolving and actually who do I need to become? Um, and, and realizing that maybe who you are, at a, is, is more important than what you're doing. And if you can grow um, in, in who you are, in, in whatever place you're in, um, uh, yeah, there's just so much in your story that uh, that's really profound from starving to serving. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that. One question that came to mind as you were talking, you talked about that massive uh, transformational year uh, in, in Canada. So I can't help but ask, because my background is uh, you know in, in sales and marketing, what what were you doing in that first year? I know you said from starving to to serving, but what what were you doing in that first year to turn around from from sort of nothing to to winning that? Uh, like what what were you doing? Yeah, no, so what I um, it's quite funny. The um, 
after that night, uh, I woke up the next day exhausted um, from crying most of the night. I mean, literally, I was bawling my eyes out most of the night and then uh, limited sleep. And I woke up the next day and said, okay, I need to turn this around. I, I can't show my children that quitting is the answer. Um, and, and so what I did is one of the things my, my, my coach at the time there in the organization said, Dave, you just need to relax. You just need to relax. So I wrote the word down, relax. And then I said, okay, mm. I, I want, I need to have a, like I'm the most or, disorganized, spontaneous. I probably have ADHD undiagnosed, although I do believe it's a superpower for me. Um, but I needed structure. I just needed a structure where I could, you know, I was having great conversations with people, but I wasn't, um, and it was like, hey, that was really great, but I hadn't closed the deal. So like, hey, can I come back? And well, what do you need to come back for? So well, because I haven't closed the sale. So I need obviously I have to come back, right? So, um, so I wasn't able to help take a client on a journey to of, of self-discovery to find out what their real true, um, you know, aspirations are, their frustrations are, and how do I bridge them between their frustrations and their aspirations? And, and so I mapped out the same, wrote relax down. And then I said, well, I'm just going to create a process that, and I used it as an acronym, and, uh, and which I did, and then I ended ED on the end. So I have what I created was my relaxed selling process, which was facilitating someone to make a smart buying decision. And I figured I would just help them make a smart buying decision instead of trying to sell them something. Yeah. And uh, I just, yeah, built the, so, you know, my ability to relate to people. I wanted to work with people I could relate to. Then expectations was for E. So how do I set the expectations? L was for learning about me and learning about them. So get myself out of the way early and then spend a lot of time learning about them. And then mm. A was for analysis, which then was like analyze, like where's the true area that they really want to, to make the most significant impact on their lives. X marks the spot. Why would they want that? E was an emotional rationalization, helping them bring it back around to understanding once you've got them emotionally attached that making it make sense to them. And then D was just helping them make a decision. So I built this relaxed selling process and I uh, just used that in every meeting. So they to stage where they, I started teaching it to other licensees all across Canada at the same time. And then, yeah, and that's how I did it. Wonderful. Um, I really love that uh, framework. That's great. Something, something that you said that really uh, struck me, <clears throat> it's funny that you're doing what you're doing and, and I'm doing what I'm doing because when I, one of my one of my first jobs uh, was selling water coolers, and I used to sell out. The whole business was built on going into like those never fail water coolers with the bottle on top. I don't know if they're the same. Might be a different company name over there and, and around the world, but and 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 replacing them with plumbed in water coolers. And uh, and yeah. so basically, rather than buying bottles and delivering them, you just plumb it in and filter it. Uh, and this whole business, like, I had a hundred staff in Australia. This whole business was built on that. And back then it was called Water First. And I remember one of my biggest challenges, which is exactly what you mentioned, I would spend too long with customers. And I think it's because I was in a really transactional sales environment, but I knew like what I really wanted to do was to, and so I, it was always a challenge for me is I would I would spend too much time, get too invested um, in these, in terms of the company I was working for saying, no, 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 you just need to, it needs to be like 10 minute meetings. And I'm going, no, but I have to get to know them and understand them. And, uh, and it's so interesting because those years that I spent doing that is what is where I learned a lot of the skills that I now get to use with leaders where, uh, you know, I only, you only really just touch the surface when you're spending a couple of hours with someone because you are talking about how they lead and their whole organization. But I remember that same challenge you mentioned about in, in banking where they said, you're spending too long with the customers. I had the same thing with water coolers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I wonder if there's anyone out there who's maybe wanting to be 
wanting to lead and is in a sales role feeling like people keep telling them you care too much, you're spending too long with the clients, maybe they need to get into uh, consulting or leadership development or, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a fine line, of course, between, you know, um, you know, if you're spending meaningful time with somebody, then that's awesome. If it's wasting time, well, that's no good for either party. Um, one, of the, one of the things, Jonah, that I did was um, I set myself a challenge to see how many offices I could get kicked out of by asking <laughs> questions that, um, that nobody else would normally ask, right? And to mm. really push that person into a place where they wouldn't normally go. And mm. actually, what I found is the more I did that, and from a caring lens, everything always comes to me from a caring lens. I asked a question because I cared deeply to understand, like, is this what really was the issue or whatever? If I saw something that made didn't make sense to me, I would ask about it. And uh, end up that's end up closing more deals because they said no one's ever asked me that question before. Yeah. And, uh, and where it's become one of the jokes around for me is like, um, I've made a living out of not knowing, right? <laughs> because I ask the questions that most people won't ask because I don't have a clue. Um, I know what I know, and I seek to understand as much as others. And I'm, because I care deeply, I'm willing to ask a question. And I also don't prejudge. One of the things I've worked is to disconnect the CEO part of my brain. Mm. So it's more of an intuitive questioning thing. So when I'm sitting there with somebody, a thought will drop into my head, and I'll just ask that. I don't prejudge where that thought came from. I just ask it. And mm. and I pre-warned people, my clients on that, that we're working with, that this is what will happen. And I said, I don't, but we'll explore it and we'll find out where it goes. But if there was something that my mind and heart said, ask this question, so I just ask it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I stopped judging the questions I was asking and I just went for how I, you know, and if I'm looking through the lens of that person and care deeply about the person across from me, and this is no different with our team now, with the, our team, I do it's the same thing. Like I, I care about them as human beings first, employees second. I care about our clients as human beings first, clients second. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Which that's, fits in with our good. definition of leadership that, that, that I have. So, Well, I'm, I'm really interested to chat about the framework you have for leadership and the, and the circle of leadership. Um, can you, I, well, first, when did you come up with that? Do you remember the story of, uh, can you tell us the sort of the story of how that really solidified the framework or when you had the aha moment that really brought yeah. it together? You know, absolutely. Um, so firstly, I'll, <clears throat> I'll share with uh, our definition of leadership so that it puts context to the content. <clears throat> Excuse me. So to, to us, and this is, I wrote down what, what someone asked me once what leadership meant to me. And so this is what I wrote down. I said, leadership to me is all about helping other people become the best version of themselves so they can do their life's best work while in your care and beyond. And so to me, that is, I care about you as a human being first and employee second. And my job is to help you become the best so you can do your best. Um, and that's what leadership's all about. Because to me, leadership's all about people. Um, so you lead people and you manage resources and people are not a resource. I don't know anybody who wakes up in the morning and goes, geez, I can't wait to be an expendable commodity, a means to an end, to make the boss rich today, whatever it is. Um, these are human beings with goals, dreams, aspirations, and desires. Um, and so my job from a leadership point of view is to lead people to become that best person that they can be and do their best work. So like that, and that's the way we look at it with our clients. Our job is to help them become the best that they can, because if they can become the best, then there's space and capacity for the team to become the best and so on. So back in 2001, um, one of my earlier clients uh, was Tim Gleason from LTL Expedited Air. And Tim uh, and his company was his, his team, and there was five employees in his organization. Um, 
and we, we really got mapped out his, you know, why does his business exist? One of the first things I wanted to work with him on is like getting really in tune with why his organization existed. Um, and it's actually why it framed up a lot of the work that I do today is because that moment that Tim reconnected to why he started his business in the first place beyond making money and because it was what he was really good at, um, his, his whole world changed when he opened that up and then his ability to connect his team to that um, was extremely powerful and that went on to lead them to great success as an organization. But what I did is we, we drew, um, we mapped out his purpose. So it ended up being, you know, that LTL expedited air existed to create the smartest distance between two points. Now they're a third party logistics company. It's moved on to something bigger now. Um, Tim's got a much larger organization he now runs and leads. Um, but that at that time, and I said, okay, if this is why the organizations exist in the middle, then we, then I wrapped around it, the values and said, okay, well, you know, what are the values? And then I, I drew, five circles around it said, so there's a purpose in the middle, then there's another ring of values. And then there's the the team all sitting outside this. So if you mentioned like a round table concept, right? And I said, the important thing here is to make sure that everybody has a direct line of sight to the client centric purpose of this organization through the lens of the values. And it's, so it's what a, I, I want to take people on what I call a radically cool quest. And so that's where mm. cool stands for circle of organizational leadership. So is to um, and I created a thing, and it was kind of framed on the concept of the Knights of the Round Table. So when King Arthur, um, he created Round Table because he felt for all the knights to feel like, um, well, they said for men to feel like men, they must first be treated as equals. So for people to feel like people, they must first be treated as equals. Mm, so Arthur created Round Table. So we all sat around it, not him at the head of a table. And it you know, had the Camelot in the middle and the Code of Chivalry around the outside. So it was the same kind of concept where I took... Well, there's your code of chivalry, your values. Camelot is the purpose, which is in the middle. And when Tim, the king, would belly up to the table, he, like King Arthur, would remove his crown and sit at the table and facilitate the group to achieve its goals through the lens of the values to the purpose. Um, and so that the best idea won, not the king's idea. And none of those knights got invited at the table unless they'd already demonstrated their um, acts of chivalry out in their adventures and journeys. So yes. they already had to share that the show that they'd actually lead and live and love the values of the organization. And so I said, so this is the way you look at your organization. And we've created this cellular structure now, which so moving away from an ego system of leadership to the, you know, the I'm the boss, you're my subordinate and the hierarchical charts that we have to what I call an ecosystem of leadership where um, getting back to what I think I said at the beginning is that we're, you know, it's uh, all around leadership is the way forward and that everybody answers to something first, not to someone. And so that's how that all, I just, I drew it out at that time and that mm. became the foundation. Um, I, I'm an old movie bus buff. So as to me, it's like when uh, Dr. Emmett Brown slipped and cracked his head on the toilet and the flux capacitor came to mind. Yeah. Uh, it's what I call my, from back to the future. It's my flux capacitor moment when I, my head hit the table. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So for those listening, obviously, um, <clears throat> well, first, before I ask you more about it, what's the best resource or the best way for those listening going, Oh man, I have to find out more about this to find out about specifically around the circle uh, of leadership. Is there, um, is that covered in your, in your book or is that something that they need to talk to you about? Uh, it's definitely in my book. There's a whole chapter on leading teams, uh, which is built on that whole premise of an ecosystem of leadership. Like, cause when I talk about developing leadership, remember you don't have to have a position or a title to demonstrate leadership. Um, and so it's about the ecosystem. Um, and there's a whole chapter on that. And it's the same way that, and I did some study on, you know, tribes and how indigenous tribes, so even uh, Aboriginal tribes here in Australia and the talking circles and yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and it's just, you know, that's how they resolved challenges in communities back in the days and how they made sure that everyone had a voice in the village. And um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of work on that there. Or they can just email me and I'll give them some information and I'll send them some content happily to share people. Because um, to me, I think it is definitely the way forward for organizations to create a more cellular or ecosystem-based structure rather than one that is just hierarchical. Yeah, it's it really resonates with me. One of my favorite um, episodes uh, I've done so far with, of the podcast was with Mark Plitzerwhite, who heads up a really unique group of charter schools in the US. And he talked about his philosophy of leadership being a guide from the side rather than um, trying to pull people along from the front. And I think there's, I think that round table guide from the side, people uh, needing to feel like equals, um, fair process. I, I think, I think uh, there's a lot in that, and, and I, I really love it as a uh, as a model. So I'm interested to know for a leader out there, um, or actually, let me say it this way: for you, when you start working with a leader, what is usually the the biggest aha moment or, or the biggest lever they can pull when it comes to uh, using the circle of leadership, uh, circle of organizational leadership in their sort of business? Is there one particular lever that you find nearly every leader can benefit from or, or it's nearly every time you're advising them to, uh, to try this or tweak that or focus on this? You know, absolutely. And it, well, to me, there's a very simple answer, which gets back to purpose again. So like when, when using Tim as an example, so once he really got clear on, you know, why the organization exists uh, and, you know, as a third party logistic that moves boxes on the back of trucks from Canada through to USA to Mexico and back and across. They wanted to create the smartest distance between two points, not the fastest, not the cheapest, just the smartest way to get things to product and services across for their clients. So when he had that in place, he could be able to go to his team and says, you know, why do you think your role matters? Then, if this is why our organization exists, this, to, this is the problem we're here to passionately solve in the world. Why do you think this role matters? And that person would then be able to identify why their role is important in helping create the smartest distance between two points. And then the next question he's able to ask them is, why does that matter to you? What does that do for you? Um, you know, how does that sense of meaning to the work? What does that, how does that make you feel? How are you connected to that? Because when you can create a deep and rich uh, personal connection to this public sense of purpose that your organization has, mm. this is when you get like the deepest level of engagement in your team. And then when they can bring their best self to the workplace. Yeah, you're you know, right. so it's the foundation for that. So can you imagine, you know, um, people get engaged when they're in love. Like when I fell in love with my wife, I proposed to her, I got engaged. Why? Because I loved her and I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. Right. And so same in organizations, when, when people fall in love with why you do what you do, they can be their best self, bring their best self, continue to evolve as a human being in that organization because they're so emotionally connected to the work that they're doing. Yeah. Not just because it makes sense on a website or a bumper sticker or a marketing placard, because of the soul and DNA of that organization that I can connect to at a soul level myself. Um, and I, I have a sense of meaning because one of my things is that, you know, I think everyone's looking for, um, you know, more meaningful lives. So it's our job as employers or leaders to give them work that's meaningful, full of meaning. Yes. And that is the kicker. When you can do that, then that person like knows why they're there and loves why they're there. You, have you ever been served by somebody who just loves why they're doing what they're doing, where they're doing it, Jono? Yeah, yeah. You really, you notice and you remember. How does that add to your experience as a customer or a client? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually, because you're right. Uh, it does, it it's, it's a, it's, it's, it makes a massive difference. Like you think if you're 
the difference between serving being served by someone who's good at what they do and someone who loves what they're doing is uh chalk and cheese it's uh the thing i really remember is when so, someone really loves what they're doing you're right yeah so and if you want your clients to be engaged then the best thing to do is have engaged employees and so to me to answer your question that's the way you do it that's what the one thing that when that leader can connect to that and they can then help their teams connect to that and then help them understand why that matters so here's here's why the organization exists why it matters to our clients here's why your role matters to that and here's why it matters to you but that's them discovering that for themselves and then when you have people at that level of depth of love and passion for the work that they're doing it's amazing all you have to do is point it in the right direction give them a set of values to guide them to make smarter decisions Mm. And unleash that talent and ability that you're already paying for in your organization that's sitting there dormant because you're not yeah. tapping into it because you haven't bothered to connect your people to it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's fantastic. And, and a great tip for, I, I know it's not, it's a tip that a lot of people might know, but I think what you did really well is you explained why it's so powerful to articulate uh, purpose and really help people. And I love that idea of if you can get people to fall in love with why you're doing what you're doing, then they'll truly get engaged i like that that's very memorable yeah okay you know, like simon sinek's popularized the whole so just like just like yes. simon sinek's people are like oh yeah it's not simon simon sinek's popularized the concept you know you start with why and, yes. and it's really important but I, you know one of the things i don't think that um that was articulated in that was like the importance of you know how to why i call it you know here's how to why <laughs> so <laughs> and that's hopefully what the what people understand here's how you do it yes yeah no that's good uh, so Okay, let's jump into Leadership Express. Are you ready, Dave? I'm 100% ready, <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> what is a book that you gift a lot to other people? Uh, other than my own book, Simplified, the actually, well, I actually give this other book away more than my own, uh, is uh, Reimagined by Tom Peters. Uh, so it's about you know reimagining business, reimagining the world. Um, Tom predicted a whole bunch of things that would be happening in the world that did happen, um, even before Facebook and all these sort of things came about. Um, and uh, it's you know I, I read it and make my highlight my notes. I give my copy that I've done to somebody else, and then I go buy myself another copy. Although I have the copy I have now is actually autographed by Tom, so I don't give that one away. Yeah, fantastic! That's amazing. Autographed copy, uh, autographed yeah. copy from Tom. Um, good recommendation. Okay, yeah. Uh, any great podcasts? Yeah. And it'd be great for you to mention again your podcast. Um, but also any any other great podcasts that you're listening to at the moment, or other sources that you're enjoying reading, watching, or listening to. Yeah. So. Um... Uh, obviously, my podcast, Evolution of Business Show, uh, that was obviously a great podcast. It's about season four is about to roll out uh, coming up in in uh, March. The um, But I, I don't listen to too many podcasts per se. Um, well, I do listen to a lot of books. So I'm an Audible. So I, I, I listen to a book on Audible. And if I like it, then I buy the book. Yes, um, yeah, I'm a bit you know, uh, I do read a lot of blog posts. Um, you know, I, I don't subscribe to any one particular pod. I mean, I do listen to a bunch. So I get recommendations all the time. But it also becomes very topical for me, depending on what I'm working on or the part of the evolution that I'm going through as to what's relevant to me. So I'll, I'll look for different sources at that time. So I don't just listen to one consistently. I pick and choose um, ones that I need, depending on what I'm working on at the time. Yeah, that's great. Uh, do you have a tip around work-life balance, uh, which is always an interesting topic that you'd give to other leaders? Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't believe in it. <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't believe in work-life balance. No, I don't. Um, I believe in harmony or rhythm to life. Um, 
you know, the, to me, work-life balance creates this concept of, well, I have to have eight hours sleep, eight hours with my family and eight hours at work or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. You know, that's balance. But to me, I look for harmony and rhythm uh, or a cadence to my life. And, and what I'm really more interested in is work-life integration. I, and I think that's what this next generation or the, the younger generation get. We've always, everyone's always wanted to, you know, do the stuff they love doing. So imagine if we could do the work we love doing with the people we love doing it with. Yes. Um, and so for me, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be working on a Wednesday night till 10 o'clock at night, but I may have already taken some time off to go do some things with my wife and hang out or do whatever. Uh, there's no balance to it. It's integration. It's doing work that you love with the people you love doing it with, you know, when you can. Uh, and if you can create more of that in your life, you don't need to worry about balance. Yeah, I like that. That's a good answer. Uh, what's a great piece of advice you've received at some point in your life? Doesn't have to be leadership specific. Yeah, one of my buddies, Aiden Parker. It's uh, I've got a lot of quotes of my own and stuff, but his quote, I wish it was mine. I've always said like this is one of the best quotes of all time, and or as an advice. And he said, "David, the reason why I like all your stuff is because you add value by removing things that don't." Hmm. Oh, I like that. And you to add me, that's value. the best thing. Like we we try to complicate things way too much. We complicate leadership. We complicate business. We complicate everything. Yes. You know, if you can't tell me your purpose, values, vision, mission in sixty six words or or less, you don't understand them well enough. So we add value by removing things that don't. Find ways to take junk out, and that increases the value of what you're doing. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what about a movie or TV yeah. show that really impacted you? Um, <laughs> that's such a great question. Uh, TV shows. Uh, well, my favorite TV show of all time was Ally McBeal. I know that'll probably get a bunch of chuckles. Some people won't even know what Ally McBeal, who she was as a TV show. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember Ally McBeal. Yeah. But certainly, uh, I just thought it was one of the best shows on this out of body. Uh, Cause to me, like these, uh, she has these out of body experiences where she does the things and then she's sort of like, it's, obviously she's just imagining that she, that's what she'd like to do. Yes. Um, and, and so I've always loved that. But uh, you know what? I've gotten into a lot more um, documentaries. I've been enjoying Man in the Arena um, with Tom Brady. Sorry about Tom Brady, obviously, as a quarterback yeah. um, for the uh, New England Patriots and his time there and how he you know, strove to be the best of himself. So I've, I've taken a lot more to docu-TV series in that sense. So I do enjoy that. Um, but for me, like TVs and movies are usually escapism. So for me, if I'm going to watch one, it's... I want to watch something that is uh, where just I can be brain dead for a two-hour period of time. I yeah, I agree, and that's yeah. uh, I always love the recommendations. Ally McBeal is fantastic. Recently, someone said yeah. um, the only thing they could think of which they loved was Golden Girls. <laughs> I just love and and it's <laughs> great though. Yeah, considering <laughs> Betty White just passed, I think that's appropriate. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she was, was she was girls. fantastic. But it was a great show. <laughs> yeah, and that's I think that's the other side of leadership, like what you said with work life integration. That's what I enjoy about yeah. these conversations: is people, no matter how um, many people, no matter how significant and important what they're doing is, they're still people uh, who need to have their time, their brain dead time. Uh, so yeah, yeah that's I, I really enjoyed hearing that. Okay, two more questions. Yeah, if but also, it could be sorry. Just, just, right. just quickly on that, though, John. Just the, um, you know, like for me, sometimes like I've watched all of Hawaii Five O, but I did that with my son. Yes. And so Mitchell, he would come around. It was just a chance for us to sit down. We'd chat, we'd watch it, but we'd talk through it, and and it was just a thing. We both really love Hawaii, and you know, the the show itself, and and so you know. Like to me, that's integration. Right? We talk about things he was interested in, his career work, and then we'd be watching 5.0 together, which is a reason to come together more than anything. 
it's um actually there's a great show that uh my wife and i are watching my wife liz really put me onto it i was a bit dubious at first but it's called somebody feed phil i don't know if you've come across it on netflix no uh so for anyone who loves food so we're we're obsessed with food every holiday anything we do is always food centered and uh so it's the it's the guy of phil i can't remember his last name actually but he's he's the producer of everybody loves raymond so he you can oh, see right. how everybody loves raymond that the, the ray character was based off of him in, in some ways and he's just oh. this fantastic humble funny dude who goes around and eats in different cities and and just goes and and meets people who take him to really like the the best sort of local places and it's so enjoyable just because you get to see these different cultures and the food. You, you do not want to watch it hungry. But anyway, I yeah, it's that same sort of thing, right? <laughs> like it's just that switch off time. Yeah. But if anyone, if anyone, particularly if people love food, like Chef's Table is another series as a as a foodie that just like the store. It was always the story of chefs. They did a few seasons, and I feel like yeah, you're making me hungry now. Oh man, you got to So if you like, and the thing is, a leader, you'd love Chef's Table because it's the stories. It's these people who their first restaurant, you know, they went bankrupt and they gave up and they moved back to their home city that no one knows about. And now their restaurant's this famous restaurant around the world because they discovered who they really are and actually just cooked the things that they were really passionate about. Like it's it's amazing how it's food, but it's still leadership, and that's one of my all time favorites um, as well. So. Yeah, a couple of recommendations there. Uh, if Okay, so two more questions. If you could only give one piece of yep. leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Uh, one piece of leadership advice to a young leader. Yeah. Um, oh, I would just... With so many in my head. Okay, well, the simplest one for me, once again, is that it's all about people. It's mm. all about people. You don't... You, you you don't manage people. You manage resources. People are not a resource. Like, make sure you understand. Leadership's all about people. All about the people. And your job is to help them become the best and do their best. Yeah, that'd be the simple. Like, whatever you can do to help that person be their best to do their best. That's what leadership's all about. That's good. That's actually that's great. Yeah. I love that. That's a really good yeah. piece of advice. Everything um, else last... is. Yeah, everything else is secondary. To that, say everything really, else is it? just. Uh, um, Okay, last question. What is the best thing you're currently doing? You know, it might be the style of meetings you're using, a sales or marketing approach or something in your in your leadership that you're doing in your own business or with clients. What, what's the best thing you're doing at the moment other leaders should know about, Dave? Well, okay, the best thing I'm doing right now is I'm actually bringing people into my team ahead of when I need them. Uh, like, fortunately, uh, you and I were talking before jumping on the yeah. podcast is that I... Um, I just brought on a leadership coach, Lisa. She's an amazing um, person over in Brisbane. And um, and I brought on because I thought, oh, I should just get ready just in case. And all of a sudden, we had our biggest November, December. We've rolled into January. We have more clients. So if I hadn't had her on board uh, in advance of that, um, I wouldn't be able to handle the volume of work that we're handling right now. So sometimes my, my the best thing I'm doing business is sometimes you need to um, anticipate and act in advance. Mm. So to me, like insight, um, everyone wishes they had hindsight when they should have used insight in the first place. And insight is actually one of the core values at uh, Circle Leadership. So yeah. because I could see what was happening, where we were going and what our plans were, um, I'd, I'd already reached out. I've been looking for a while and I found someone who said, like, I don't care if I have to work for her or not right now. I'm bringing her on board now. 
Yeah, and yeah, thankfully, because I, I anticipated and acted in advance, um, I was ready. Uh, as a Canadian, a lot of Canadians out there who may be listening to your show, Jono, that and if yep. they're not, they should be. Is that Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> his father, he was the great one, the the hockey player. His father taught him. Says Wayne, skate to where the puck's going, not to where it is. So Ooh. where you think the puck's <laughs> going to go, skate to there because he'll be there when the puck arrives. Yeah, and that's how yeah. he he said he built his career on being so prolific was because of that. So that'd be my advice to leaders. What we're doing right now is we're skating to where the puck's going, not to where it is. Oh man, that's good. I love that. And uh, Wayne Gretzky, to be honest, is probably the only name I know in hockey. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll own that and say, yep, I'm right with you. I know what I know about Wayne. Yep. He might be the only one I know about, but (laughs) that's a great quote. Um, So where can, I know you've mentioned this a little bit already, but just for those who are you know, scribbling notes furiously going, I've got to get more of this guy into my life. Where can people find you uh, online and find your resources, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest way, I mean, obviously there's circle leadership, but to get hold of me directly, just go to daveclare.com, D-A-V-E-C-L-A-R-E.com. Um, there's a contact page there. I I have, uh, I allow four spots for a free 30 minutes, no obligation, no nothing, just a whiteboarding session, online whiteboarding or whatever it might be. Um, or to discuss anyone who's listened to or heard me on a podcast that wants to challenge somebody that was brought up in that, they can go and book through there to say, um, heard you on Jono's podcast on the leadership conversations. Love to schedule a 30 minute and there'll be a link in there. I'll send them a link for a Calendly link to have a free, no obligation as my gift to all your listeners. Um, I know you have four spots a week, so, and I'm probably booked out for the next couple of weeks, but I will get around to you and I will spend time with you. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. DaveClear.com. People should definitely check that out. Check out your book, Simplified. And uh, I just want to thank our listeners for tuning in. I I just feel like it's been a really enjoyable, very aligned. We're on the same page about leadership, but I've also learned some new ideas out from Dave today that I know our listeners will have too. So thank you to our listeners. Don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast, which is more your your standard, you know, ideas around how to cast vision and how to build a team mm. and well-being. And then uh, this, the leadership question of the day, which is where I put a stone in your shoe and challenge you with a different question every day to help you grow as a leader. Uh, but I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you. Uh, the circle of organizational leadership, the, uh, the King Arthur and the round table, there's, there's a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of principles that I really love that are going to stick with me. I'm going to be mulling over and uh, <laughs> it, it's it's definitely helped me as a leader and I know it will, will have helped thank a you. lot of our listeners. So thank you for being so generous uh, with your time and, and, and sharing your wisdom. It's been an absolute pleasure, Dave. Uh, Jono, thank you very much for allowing me to be a part of your show. I uh, appreciate that tremendously, the chance to be able to share that with uh, people like yourself who understand it and are doing the right thing and sharing that wisdom with the world. Um, mate, it's just an absolute privilege. So thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership 
leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White, 
or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.